Ever feel unable to focus, tired, and just low on energy? We understand that feeling. We understand it so well that the Sports and the World Podcast is brought to you by the Couch Guys Sports Network and sponsored by our friends over at Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a drink made by gamers for gamers. All their flavors come packed with 180 milligrams of caffeine to ensure that no matter what you're doing, your focus will always be razor sharp to keep you performing at the top of your game. Their formulas are designed to specifically give you high energy boost when you need it most while ensuring to avoid the jitters after too much caffeine consumption. Head over to www.shockenergy.com and use the promo code CGSN today for 10% off your order. Check out their green apple flavor box or even their watermelon flavor box. Oh, and don't worry, they ship worldwide. That's right, worldwide. Get your shocked energy today and let us help you gain your focus and energy back. Welcome into the Sports and the World Podcast. I'm Ladarius, and as you can see, it's not just me today. There's four other people whose names I may or may not know. We'll find out as the show progresses. So let's just jump on in and we'll go around. I guess I'll say, I guess like in school, I'll say your name and then say a little about yourself and then we'll keep the the, the wheel or the whatever's rolling. Uh, so let's start with uh, Lamar. I'm Lamar, uh, writer for BWS and been writing for about four years now. Yeah, he's a short and simple person. I like that. And next, check that off. And Penny. Hi, I'm Penny. I'm the site leader for um, Beyond Women's Sports. I write, I edit, I do everything. I edit for the next. I've been writing for a while, so I really enjoy it. All right. Just taking notes as well. All right. And Thomas. Hey, yeah, my name is Thomas Costello. I also write on Beyond Women's Sports. And I do some editing and I cover Ohio State basketball and soccer and anything else that I want to write about. The Atlanta Dream uh, every so often. Yeah, so thanks for having me on here, Ladarius. I watched oh. all of you. I watched your shows. I, it's nice being on the other side of it now. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 always scary because to be on the other side, especially because it happened to be not too long ago, I'm like, what do I do? It's like, I'll figure it out. But, but last but certainly not least, Beth. Hi guys, my name's Beth. I also write for Beyond Women's Sports. I cover hockey because I love hockey. If you can't tell by my background, um, so cover the PHF and women's Olympic teams, and super excited to be here with you. All right, awesome, awesome. Everyone's here. All and obviously the the common theme. I work for Beyond Women's Sports as well, so that's the common thread amongst all these wonderful people. So. I guess let's just get the ball rolling. Let's just talk about. I think we'll start in the we'll start in the WNBA, and then we'll kind of we'll work our way around the sports wheel. I guess so. So it's an open question. So I guess my first question is, just well, I know we talked about uh, somebody with the WNBA. I know Thomas talked about the Atlanta Dream, but I want to talk about just some of your thoughts on or predictions about the free agency, and just. And just in general thoughts about free agency and and just you know i guess if, if you do have a favorite WNBA team if not i won't hold it against you <laughs> maybe no so let's so let's talk let's start with uh lamar i know lamar here he writes he's the i guess he's the machine i guess it's we'll work on the nickname later but, but i guess We'll, we'll work around here. And I guess the more my question, just some of your thoughts, if you have your favorite team, just some of your thoughts on free agency and some predictions for some players as well. Uh, favorite team, I have to say the Sparks. But pretty much like got to follow the Aces and a couple other teams as well. Free agency, WNBA free agency is hard to get a, it's hard to get a cap on so, so little news leaks out. I mean, you get stuff that leak out here and there, but it's not like the NBA where when – the first two days, everybody didn't sign already. Right. And before the, even right. before the, uh, you actually could sign the contract. So I think once, once was it February 1st? 
Yeah. If they can officially mm-hmm. sign, so I think mm-hmm. we have a lot more news then, because right stuff hardly ever leaks. But uh, I don't expect much movement. I mean, Atlanta will sign a lot of players, get a lot of spots, a lot of money, but the players like Brianna Stewart gonna stay with Seattle, I think. And even though they took the, she took that visit to New York, but I mean, she gotta take the visit. She's from there, and yeah, yeah. But I don't see her moving on. Only. only the interesting one I want to see is what, what, Tina, what Tina Charles is going to do because I don't think oh, she's staying yeah. in Washington. That, that, is, that is interesting because I, I'm as a Seattle Storm fan, I, I'm glad you said that. Listen, visiting is fine. I visited New York. I didn't stay either. So it's not the worst. You know, I visited. I'm like, oh, this is great. So I hopped on the plane and came back and, re- and re-signed with Florida. And now I got to deal with the cold. So – and they're definitely putting they're definitely putting the full court pressure on her. They had a business a business manager in there, so they yeah. <laughs> they're trying to sell her on the oh you come to New York we get you these marketing marketing deals and blah blah and all that. So they trying. It's a it's a big market. I don't know. New York has a lot more yeah. than just basketball. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think to the to the points, and you mentioned Brianna Stewart. I, I I agree. I think you know. Hopefully, as a, as a Storm fan, hope she does. You know, stay. But hopefully. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, listen. If I have to make a phone call or two, that's <laughs> that's four a.m. type of stuff. I'll do it. So working so late, yeah. I got hey, she stayed, didn't she? So there you go. But I think, I think it was worth it. Things, she stayed. I don't know. Seattle and New York won as many playoff games as each other last year. So I don't know. I don't know. I think she stays I'm one sorry. more year just for just for Sue. Just for Sue Byrne, and then yeah. she'll leave. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, you see, and, and to your point, Penny, I think that's the logic I kind of roll with. I think, I think she, because Sue Bird comes back, I think Sue Bird's the type of player she, she'll gravitate. She can get Brianna Stewart to come back, and hopefully, Jewel. You know, if it just for one more, mm-hmm. one, one more, more year, one more year, because mm-hmm. you can tell with I think with Seattle, and you're seeing it kind of with a couple of teams, they're kind of hitting the reset button. You know, albeit whether it's coaching staffs, head coaches, they're kind of hitting the reset button. And and one of the things that I saw, like with Noel Quinn, is that you know hiring an experienced coaching staff, you know, is just kind of resetting, you know, resetting the mindset there. Have even if just for one more run, I, I think yeah. it doesn't hurt having Sue Bird, having Brianna Stewart, having Jewel Lloyd. That I'm not gonna go out and say favorites. I I'm not gonna want to. I don't like throwing out that because that kind of burnt me last time. But what I will say, those three, those three coming back does kind of put them in the conversation to to, to kind of win a championship there. And and kind of on the, I don't want to say the other side of the spectrum for Thomas here, but I've already said it, so it's out there. So so I guess my question for for Thomas here is, is that when you look at the Atlanta dream, I think to to Lamar's point, lots of cap space. Lots of kind of turnover there, front office. Coach. So, just what are you what are you expecting from the Atlanta Dream, or what do you ideally want them to do to kind of put them in a position to kind of set up for for long term? Yeah, last year I thought it was kind of just like a shrug year. They're like, "Well, we're changing ownership, and we have to bring in a new coach, and whatever happens, happens." This year is definitely okay. Now we want to put our own kind of uh, stamp on everything. I I feel like they want to get Carter to come back and play. So I think they're going to try to build around maybe her and Hayes because it sounds like Hayes is coming back too. But outside of that, it's kind of it's kind of open. I think if you build around Hayes, Carter, and, and McDonald, if you bring in somebody, I know they've been talking to uh, Dolson from Chicago, and they need a they need a starting big to compete because last year, I mean, Courtney Williams, she led the team in rebounds <laughs> overall. Uh, so I. I think they're going to move that way. It, I think they could be competitive this year from what it sounds like. Again, like uh, Lamar mentioned, there's only a few things kind of trickling out. There's nothing sh- certain yet until February. But we were talking yesterday in the chat, or Penny was saying specifically, that a lot of the rumored stuff now outside of Hayes is just bench players, kind of. So we, I, I would like to see them make a big splash because if they don't, uh, it feels like – kind of the same as last year where now the excuse is well we have a new gm and coach now we need to give them time and then we'll do it i as a sports fan it's 
it's hard to be patient with stuff. I think like it that. makes sense for start from the ground up, build your, you know, your foundation. So I think that's what Dan is doing, the GM. Mm -hmm. Stokes, yeah. um, who else? Coffee, who was good in LA. She's not a starter type of player, but she's a good role player. So I, I think it's gonna help. He's gonna build on build up. Hopefully they bring somebody huge, you know, a superstar. Yeah. But we'll see. I don't know. They have a lot of money, so we shall yeah. see. Yeah, and you know, and, and to and to your vote, to you, to Thomas's and, and Penny's points, I think it's just it with any sort of situation, you know, whether it's WNBA, whether it's you know hockey, which we'll get to with Beth. Just from an organizational standpoint, it's just about just building just from, I just believe when you're just, you have to put some sort of foundation out there. It's because I feel at some point, and I say this all the time when I talk about the NFL, is, is that you can tell good teams from bad teams, essentially how they build the organization. Like you can draft great players and the team still be terrible because there's not a, a foundation there. So and hopefully for you know for the for the dream this time or you know hopefully new management you get something and I think Dolson is a very interesting move and if they can get a Dolson I I think that it kind of if I were a dream fan it would kind of give you that hope like okay they're really trying to they're trying to do something like they're really trying to build and trying to go forward because we've seen so many teams cross sports don't make moves and then complain about why they don't make it because they left opportunities out there either on the court, on the field, or on the rink to kind of throw in hockey there once again. So I want to, I want to stray from the WA for just for a minute. Cause I want to bring Beth into the conversation a little bit about, about hockey. And I'm just curious because I, back in the day, I used to be a Tampa Bay lightning fan. I used to be, and I, yeah, I don't think you don't need the head shaking. I get it. Too. <laughs> I get it. Every this is, this is why I don't say hockey things on the show. This is why. <laughs> Even when I do the show by myself and solo, I feel people shaking their. Then heads you don't have all, people shaking their heads at you. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're listening. They're like, this guy could have said any other team, and he went that way. This guy could have said, oh, he could have said, oh, Nashville. No, no, he had to say Tampa Bay. <laughs> What's your favorite hockey team? Um, the Mighty Ducks. Pass. Next question. Whatever team that was I mean, in there. Yeah, D2, the Mighty I, Ducks. Those are my I think my we hockey. all had, all of us hockey fans had a period in the 90s where we were all Mighty Ducks fans. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure Disney planned it that way. They were like, you know, we're going to make these movies, and then we're going to make this team and name them the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim, and we're going to bring all these children into the world. And make them fans of us like that was that was all there they were ready for us i, I don't know would, would you would you all say was a kind of a mission accomplished did they kind of make hockey fans out of people or... oh for sure i know several people there's a, a show on belly up called here in puckberg and they talk to hockey fans about their hockey story and there are quite a collection of them that say the mighty ducks is why i started watching hockey so that that time frame, especially for like us 80s, 90s babies, that was yeah. an impressionable time. You see that movie, you fall in love with the game. Yeah. yeah. Very true. Very true. Yeah. I think I, I think I rooted for whoever Keenan Thompson was. That's who I rooted for. That's who I rooted for. <laughs> Knuckle puck, baby. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like, you know what? That, that guy's going to be something. You didn't see it. Like, that guy's yeah. going to be on. He's going to be on a comedy show for a long time. And then we had Keenan Kel. Kel. Yeah. We had Good Burger. Yeah. We got SNL. He's, yeah. he's still out there. He's the funniest person on yeah. SNL. He's, yeah, he's he hilarious. Is. He's, he, is. he has he's his own legend. sitcom now, too, I think, called oh, Keenan. I think yeah. he's just called Keenan. Yeah. It's not bad. So, yeah. killing it. Yeah. It's, yeah. See, I see this is why I like having this because we went from WNBA, we went from Mighty Dutch, we went to Keenan. <laughs> so, you, you know, <laughs> this, love it. Gotta is, love it. this is exactly what I expected. Topic, well, yeah, this, this is what I expected, like surprisingly. But I, I do want to talk a little bit about hockey here with, with that. Okay. And I just want to talk about yeah, just some of your thoughts on maybe the season, your favorite team. And, and I know there was an incident that I saw on Twitter that we kind of talked about before we came on, before we came on, that I think is, is a very important conversation to have, you know. But, but I guess I'll start with just – a little bit about your hockey fandom, where it started, your favorite team, and then what kind of and what kind of peer into 
what happened, you know, uh, what we saw on Twitter with uh, P.K. Subban's uh, sibling. Absolutely. So um, I've been watching hockey my whole life. Uh, my dad is a hockey fan. Apparently I watched my first game at six months old. Um, just always <laughs> been in love with it. I am a Blackhawks, Iceman, Connecticut whale fan. Um, so a bit of a diverse, I mean, growing up in a military family, you can kind of pick and choose who you want to be fans of. Uh, but I, I live in Jacksonville now. Um, that is a name that obviously has been on a lot of people's minds for the last 12 or 13 hours or so, given what happened last night. Um, I'm a hot mess. Uh, this is not exactly how I wanted my team to be represented in any way, shape or form. And I will come out and say what they won't. I do not condemn or I condemn racism. I do not abide by it. This is not okay. I am very much so about to put my money where my mouth is because the statement they released was not good. It was not good. It was not it. It did not address the situation appropriately, in my opinion. So some decisions are about to be made, but I'm not here for it. I do not support it. I am not okay with what happened last night. Yeah, and, and I'll say this, and I'll throw the question back out to the floor. You know, I saw, and one of the things, when I said hockey was a sport that, and I, I think, and I don't know if Lamar will agree, it, it's a hard sport for people who do not get into, not because we don't like the sport, but it's just that you don't see a lot of us out there for, yeah. from a percentage, you know, point of view. But there are some who are. And mm -hmm. and when I see, when I saw the incident, and then there was one previously before that, and, and it kind of had me sitting back thinking, it's just like, is this why I stopped being a fan? Because it, it's incidents like that where it's one thing, how can I phrase it? When I, when I saw the incident, we'll talk about this specific incident here. And it just felt like it's amazing to me that I read through the thread on Twitter. It was amazing to me how some people were either a kind of saying, oh, we didn't hear the certain words or just kind of like brushed it off. And it's amazing to me that we still live in that world. And that's why I say sports of the world. To me, it's amazing to me that we still live in a world where we still have to have these conversations and we still mm -hmm. have to condemn racism we still have to condemn certain things that we thought that we were supposed to be well past mm -hmm. but and to me and, and i'll throw it out to the floor is it that i guess i'll just i'll just throw the question out anyone is free to answer it is that is there a certain point where no how no matter how big of a fan you are of a team or of a sport and if they're still condoning, because I think to me, as much as like I want to get into hockey, I see incidents like this and it, I just automatically just, I, I just tune out. But are there specific, uh, go ahead, Beth. So we actually had, I had this discussion with several of my friends last night because over the last 12 months, hockey has broken my heart a lot, a lot. If we give up, they win. Yeah. If I'm not a part of this sport, and I'm not trying to affect change, then change won't happen because mm -hmm. the bad people will overtake the people who are trying to affect change because we've all left. Hockey has always been my love. It's my first love. Sorry. Yeah. This is hard. And, yeah. And, 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 and it is that. And I can imagine because I know there's people in that sport. And I saw when the first incident happened, I was watching, I think it was uh, NHL on, on TNT. And I can't recall the people at the top of my head, but they were kind of like toward Beth. Like, this is not the sport that, it's not the sport we know. This is not the sport that we grew up watching because I've always said this, and I said once I'll say it again, sport is for everybody. And it's amazing to me that we still have to, have, once again, like I said earlier, we still have to have these conversations because A, they're important to have, and B, no matter, in my opinion, how you shape it, the world, the sports and the world are kind of intermittently tied together to some capacity, to mm -hmm. some degree. And it's amazing to me when I see when I see Beth and I see all of you and I know what we stand for when it comes to when we comes to sports and how we feel about inclusiveness and how it's amazing to me that we still have people out there that we have either whether it's on social media whether sometimes in person, that we have to to say, listen, you can't say that. You can't, and you have to tell grown people this. It's amazing to me. 
And, and my thing is, we can't keep saying hockey is for everyone <laughs> if we don't take a stand against this. Because a, yeah. you can't say hockey is for everyone and then not do something about stuff like this that, mm -hmm. that is appropriate. In the AHL incident, 30 games is not enough. It was not enough then, mm -hmm. and it's definitely not enough today. It's not enough where after 21 games he can appeal to have his suspension shortened. Mm -hmm. You don't stop being racist in 30 games. Right. You, right. you don't stop that behavior just because you took an inclusion course. You have to actively work to change your mindset and to change your behavior. And that doesn't happen in, in 60 days. That doesn't happen in 30 games. That takes time. That takes therapy. That takes work. And that can't be put in in that amount of time. No matter how intensively you do it, you can't make that change. You can't just flip a switch and say, oh, well, I don't feel that way anymore because it's 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 a core value at that point. If you are doing this on live television mm -hmm. in front of thousands of people and your brain said, let me do this. that That's not going to change in 30 games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to your point, and then and I'll, I'll throw it around. I'll start with Thomas and I'll go to Penny. Then I'll go to Lamar. Um, just Thomas, your, your thoughts and on on the incident and just your thoughts in general about what has to happen to prevent, you know, to prevent things like this to continue to continually be happening. Yeah. I, I don't know ex specifically what happened down in Jacksonville. It doesn't sound like, I, and I'm not, I don't need Like we don't need to rehash it just because I know that it's still really fresh and stuff, but no, it's, it's, it's awful how somebody can say something like that to another human being, somebody who's played the sport with them. I, I had a younger kid who was in hockey for a little bit and you can definitely see the, the trends of who plays hockey. <laughs> you can see who is at the rink every weekend, who is playing and to have to grow up in that and then play professionally and then get into, you know, like they're in the minor leagues working to get to the NHL and they're hearing this from somebody that they're playing against, somebody who's gone down, probably a much easier road than them to get to that point. And then they're being treated like that during the game is just, it's deplorable. It's awful. Um, and last year, I mean, with the PHF back then, NWHL, it was Soroya Tinker had the same thing. She stood up to the Barstool uh, sports folks and the Barstool sports folks aligned pretty well with horrible, like racially awful things. And she was attacked. I mean, the president of Barstool said to put her in jail for saying bad things about him. Um, and this was a player, Soraya Tinker, who played, it was Yale, correct, Beth? She played at Yale. and I'm pretty sure it was Yale, yeah. Yeah, she came, She uh, played at Yale. She's, she's a black hockey player in the minority in her league. And she was called out. And then everybody from Barstool who supports them, because they have their own little minions, they came and attacked her online. And it's just, it's a really bad, it's a really bad representation of hockey, because there are, definitely great people in it but unfortunately I, I think in every sport you see it i think it's probably louder in hockey than it is other sports and beth you mentioned that the hockey is for everyone it doesn't feel that way it really doesn't feel like it's it doesn't for everyone. i it doesn't feel like that at all i feel like phf hockey is for everyone like yeah. they are yeah, such an inclusive into... organization um there was an incident over the summer and it was handled quickly it was handled correctly PHF hockey is for everyone. Yeah. The NHL and system does not feel like it's for any, everyone. It doesn't. No. But no, I, I agree with what, what Beth was saying. That's that's awful. And that you can't just give a number of games on it. It has to be, will you change or can you change? And then at some point, how can you prove that the person has changed for the better? But punishing them, I mean, it's a start, but I don't know if it's the the best start after and then uh penny uh your thoughts well i don't know much about the situation besides what i saw in the snippet on twitter but obviously it's awful you know what happened it happens in every sport and um especially thomas read the the women's soccer league what happened last summer or this year yeah with that player with her security or security or friend something like that it happened yeah, but it happens you, in the WNBA, and it's, the WNBA is based on 80% um, African-American, and it still happens. 
It happens yeah. in soccer. It happens in hockey. In every single sport, it's awful, but it happens, and we got to do something about it. Absolutely. I mean, and you talk about other sports like baseball in Cleveland. I grew up a Cleveland fan. I'm still a Cleveland fan. And for years, like you were talking about, Beth, putting your money where your mouth is, like I stopped buying anything that had Chief Wahoo on it. I stopped buying anything with the caricature of it because it's just like at some point you have to make some kind of stand against it. And then whenever they did change it, you see, like we talked about a moment ago, I think you're probably Darius, everybody in the comments, um, a lot of people, you see how awful a fan base can be and how easily they can support something that really doesn't impact them. You have a lot of people that look like me talking about how indigenous people feel or how black people feel. That's, that's not the way, <laughs> that's not the way to go. No. no. And, and to round out, uh, Lamar, your thoughts. Yeah, it's very unfortunate, but it's like everybody's saying, it goes in every sport, but when it happens you get a smack on the wrist, so it's going to keep on happening. They need to start yeah. having some serious consequences going on. Mm -hmm. And, as far as race is going, pretty much a lot of it got to do with how you was, your upbringing went. Right. I mean, if you live in a diverse area, you're probably going to have a lot less racist people. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. I grew up a military kid, so it didn't matter who, who you yeah. were or where you came from. We had a limited amount of time to be friends. Yeah. So you are my friend. As long as you are a nice person, I don't care. You are my friend. <laughs> for, for three months. <laughs> yeah. You might be my friend for six months and then move, but that's fine. You're my friend. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, you know, to, to Lamar's point, and, and kind of the Thomas' point, Thomas talked about baseball because I grew up a Cubs fan. You know, somehow here in Florida, I ended up a Cubs fan. And <laughs> and I know, so what we're going to do here is that we're just going to take Thomas off for two minutes here. No. Oh, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I'll act okay. I'll act okay. It's, it's only been six years i'll be okay at some point it's at some point you know at, at some point hey you know i i won't bring up chris bryant to first base and you know i i won't bring up well, darius let's stay on topic here i think <laughs> I, I i i feel that we are we're talking about baseball so i, I think i i think i bought myself a couple of you know yeah. yielding times but but going back to the to the overriding point here is that when we look at the history of certain sports when we look at baseball I've always said the problem, I said the problem with baseball has to understand when people look at it from a historical context is that baseball has had a huge history of racism, huge history, major history. And, and when you bring, and when you bring it up in a conversation, when if people who watched the movie 42 about Jackie Robinson, like it didn't, it didn't cover all, all the bases, you know, pun may or may not be intended, but it didn't cover all of it. But what it did talk about was just how hard it was for Jackie Robinson to play baseball. And you had people who were willing to, you had some people his own team didn't want him on the team. That's how bad it was. And, and mind you, and you fast forward today, baseball is, is one of the more global sports that we do have. It's where you, it's very diverse, but it wasn't always like that. No. And, and also the NBA wasn't also the way it is now either. The NBA, it was just, you know, people, you know, it was just, it didn't look, the game changed, the people changed, the players changed, but that even took time. But I think to your overriding point about hockey, I feel that with hockey, the I think the problem is, and, and I think this is a point that I think what the late Hank Aaron talked about when it came to baseball, with people of color not playing baseball, it's about introducing it to, to neighborhoods. And we have to understand is that putting it in, like for example, well, I'm from Florida, so I, I didn't see exactly see a lot of hockey rings, you know, yeah. around here. Like, oh, let me pick up a, let me pick up a puck, you know, let me let me, Never. Let me, let me do my do my Keenan Thompson and go out there and and play. But so there, there was none of that. Growing up, I I probably I played baseball, but people tried to push me to play. Yeah, I played football, basketball. Like, no, I want to play baseball, and. And I think the biggest problem, and like to Lamar's point, is, is that to me, it's it's a it's, it's a taught behavior. No nobody just gets becomes born and say, oh, and starts saying hatefully racially charged things. And I think the problem is, is that, and this is important to me, is that what you allow will always continue. 
And I think if you're a sport like hockey, you keep allowing, and it's all sports for that matter, if you keep allowing it and saying it's okay, when you clearly know it's not okay, it's still going to continually be a problem. Because what, what we're seeing, what we're seeing in sports, and like look at the W, you know, the WNBA, the NBA. Look what happened when, you know, when they were in the bubble and you started to see them take up causes. Things that they personally believe in, and you once again, social media, oh well, why is it this and why is it not that? You're missing the whole point. Because you have athletes who have platforms. And to me, and then I'll throw this question back out. It's just that to me, we have athletes who have these platforms, who who stand up and say, who defend Black Lives Matter. You have players, you know, we have people who look like Thomas and who look like that. It's not just people who look like me, Lamar, we're, we're not the ones doing it. It's just that it shouldn't be a conversation to tell people that, hey, we've been treated this way for X amount of time. And all we ever tried to do was try to live in the same world as you do. We, we all pay taxes. We all work. We all, some of our kids probably even go to the same school. But here we are still having to have conversations about what happened in hockey, about incidents that happened at WNBA, happened in the NWSL. We still have to have those conversations. And it's amazing to me that you still have a subset of people who not only just defend the action, but then they also defend the person. Like, oh, well, they're a stand-up listen. We, we, we don't care what type of person they are. We're talking about their actions. Good and people- obviously they're not a great person if they portrayed one way to you and act another way. Correct. That was my least favorite thing last night. Th this is a great person. He would never. Well, funny yeah. thing, he did. So you can't say he would never when he did. He just did. It's on video. We we've seen it. He did it. So yeah, it's it, it, it's amazing to me when people try to stand up and defend character. And, and to best point, it's like, well, obviously they're not who they what they say they are. But yet, if you have to keep defending them, then look, it just becomes to a point where you're just like, like you, you don't want to hear anymore. Mm -hmm. and, and like to your point, because because I, I can't speak for Lamar opinion, I can't speak for anybody on the show. But like even when I'm on Twitter, and I I made a comment about the NFL, and I talked about the hiring practices. I talked about there's 32 teams in the league, and only one coach. In a league that's predominantly black. black. And all my point was with my tweet was that representation matters. A am I saying, oh, let's fire Belichick and let's fire make no no no. What I'm saying is let's hire more people that look like me. Right. Th that's all people want, and we want that in all sports. Yeah. We want that. But I, I guess and I'll and I'll throw the I'll throw it out there because all of you are much more knowledgeable in some in much more sports than I am on certain, especially specific sports. And, but I do want to talk about how important is it? To, I, I'll start with Penny this time. How important is representation into in the context of not just coaching, but front office, organizational roles? How integral and how important is that for for the sport and possible for the growth of? Of a, of, of, a of, of a specific sport. Right. It's very important, especially me being Latina. You don't see a lot of coaches being Latina, a lot of players in any sport. So I would really love to see, um, what, let's see, a Colombian coach, any 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 Hispanic um, heritage, right? But you don't see them. The only player well-known is Diana Taurasi. She's half Italian, half Argentina. So. That's the only player that you see that it's up high. And it, I, my opinion is very important to see representation. People like me, you know, but you don't see it much. So we got to change that. And Lamar, same question. What's the question again? We'll be right back after these commercials. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is CBS. <laughs> we're right back with Jim Nance and Tony. Oh, no. Well, we're back? No. We're back. Okay, great. <laughs> My, my my question was, 
how important is representation to you in sport? It could be a, a particular sport or just in sports in general, not just on a coaching level, but on an, an organizational level. Yeah, I think it's very important. I mean, look at the NFL. They got this Rooney rule in place, but yeah, it's a good rule. But then all you got all these teams using the minority candidates just for push over interviews so they can get it out the way. Mm-hmm. They can go hire somebody else who they want. Yeah. But, and, and to your it's point. A good rule, but you getting these people in here just to just have them in here and you ain't got no intentions on hiring them. Yeah. And, it sounds and, like, sorry, but, Larry, it sounds like the yeah. Becky Hammond situation. Yeah. They just yeah. put up there just to, oh, we hired a woman. Okay. But we're never going to hire her as a head coach. Yeah. And, yeah, and exactly. The NBA wasn't going to, I mean, I thought she was going to get one, but I think she figured if I don't get the finally she didn't get that one last year, they wasn't going they wasn't going to give it to her in the NBA. Because yeah. because I I always had a working theory about Becky Hammond. My theory was was that I looked at Greg Popovich and I know the type of you know, all-time great coach he is. All-time, you know, the way he sees sports and, and inclusiveness. My theory as far-fetched as it was was that Greg Popovich was going to maybe retire within the next two to three years? Because mm-hmm. he, he's been there year. Like he's, mm-hmm. I want to say he's Tim Duncan old, but Tim Duncan's out of the way. But, <laughs> but I felt like Greg Popovich would have, you know, probably been in the front office. He kind of, he has, you know, he could work in the front office as well. But I kind of felt like Becky Hammond was going to succeed Greg Popovich. And, yeah. and I wrote and I talked about it and I said, to me, it made so much sense knowing Greg Popovich as the coach, as the person, is that he knows how good Becky Hammond is, and it was probably super hard for him to let her to let her let leave go. And, and, yeah. and go to Vegas because, for I mean, she coached the uh, in the G League to the G League Championship, the the affiliate team. She's she knows her job, but mm-hmm. I want I want to circle back to Lamar's point about the Rooney Rule because. I agree with Lamar because here's the thing, you know, Jim Caldwell was, was used to coach Detroit lions and used to coach the Colts. He, he, he did not want to interview. He turned down two interview requests because he knew he wasn't going to get those jobs. He knew, but he was, it was like a thanks, but no thanks situation. And that's to Lamar's point. It's like, if you're going to, if you're going to interview and I had to have this discussion with someone on Twitter, and they're saying, oh, well, you shouldn't hire coaches because of color. I said, pal, you, you missed the whole boat of what I was saying. Oh, I'm saying this on Twitter. I said, how do we truly know we're hiring the best candidate when all the candidates are out there? We're not hiring the right candidate. We're not hiring. We're not interviewing the right people. We're just interviewing the same set of people. So how do we truly know we're hiring the ideal candidate if we can't get take this process seriously? It's like there are qualified coaches, and there are women now who are coaches in the NFL now, you know, assistant coaches. You have women trying to get into the front office. You have one in baseball for the Miami Marlins. Mm-hmm. So I, when people say that, oh, you're, you want to harp it because of, of color, and no. I want to make sure that people like who look like me, who look like Penny, who, who look like Beth, in it. And then if, if for like if Thomas is an owner, like I want them to be in if Thomas owns a team. I want, you know, I want them to say, hey, interview these people because they're qual- they're just as qualified as any other candidate on your list. But unfortunately, that Rooney rule gets abused to the point where they're just like, it's a dog and pony show. Where it's like, okay, well, we don't want to get fined, so we just gotta bring in right. we'll, we'll just we'll just Skype an interview, we'll just we'll fly them out, we'll and, and it's not taken taken seriously. And I think Lamar hit the nail on the head because the ruling rule was supposed to be in place to stop things like that. And now, in this next in this coaching cycle, I'm curious to see how, where it goes because the problem is going to be to me. It starts higher up. It starts in ownership. There, there's not an owner of color in the sport, so there's no there's everybody. So that once again it goes to representation in in that regard. So to, to save that rant for a future episode. I, I want to go to Thomas and get and get your thoughts on the same question because I know you talk, you write about a lot about soccer, <clears throat> or or beyond women's sports, and and I'm just curious how how it's 
in in in, in soccer, the importance mm-hmm. of inclusion, like 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 I mentioned, coaching, or in just in organizational managerial roles. I think in the NWSL of uh, folks who've been watching over the last year, you see what has happened whenever you have, like you just mentioned Ladarius, you have owners that look like me, they hire their buddies, and then those people are abusing their players uh, mentally, emotionally, um, even spirit, uh, even physically, talking about Paul Riley and what happened with Portland last year whenever they had that story break. NWSL is 12 teams now, and they have three coaches that are female coaches in a league of all female athletes, all female professional soccer players. And that's not, we see what happens whenever you have that kind of dynamic. And last year, gosh, almost um, half the coaches in the league, half the coaches in the league were fired because of allegations, because of things they've done to players. And that's, that's insane. That's, it's awful. Now representation is, is a huge piece of it because if you have uh, like women's soccer players, if you have them into those rules as coaches, which now you're starting to get that, but that just promotes people to say, Hey, I can, I can get to that level too. I can move to that level too. And I think that's across sports where you still have a lot of, like you mentioned the NFL, we talk about soccer with men, MLS, MLS also has a lot of like, dudes who look like me that are coaching, but then their players are richly diverse. Like here in Columbus, they have players from Ghana and Portugal and uh, France. There's a gentleman from France who plays for the team. They're players from probably like six or seven, eight different countries. And then you have a guy from Indiana coaching them. And it's like, well, okay, he's been (laughs) successful coaching, but also other people can be successful too if you give them a chance to make it to that level. And I don't think there's a an adequate way to give people a chance because whenever you have the hiring still being done by, you know, white folks, rich white folks, they're gonna hire people that they know. And they're gonna exactly. hire the same old, same old time over time. Yeah. And and I and I want to get Beth in here once again, especially about hockey. And I and I'm we I mentioned it early on in the show where I talked about the incident and and then same question for everyone else the importance of hockey and how the inclusion whether it's coaching in in the front office just just some of your thoughts on how you feel maybe how hockey at and I, i'm going to assume not great just off the top of my head it's not, it's not good bob it's not good not good um <laughs> i mean hockey very much for a long time has been an old boys club and the problem is we keep recycling the same dudes. These people don't have a job for a reason. They may have been Especially good at one NHL. point. Oh, yeah, very NHL much so. Special. Like, like if you look in Edmonton, they've had the same people running their franchise, and they've been awful for decades. But they still have like brothers of the same people running the franchise. It's a dumpster fire. I mean, even like look at the Bears. The family that owns the Bears has been there forever. And there's on a psychological side of things, there's everybody has implicit bias. It is just something that's wired in your brain. You are naturally more comfortable around people who look like you. Mm-hmm. And this week, I've just been thrown off so much. I, earlier this week, we had the ECHL All-Star Game here in Jacksonville. We had three female hockey players on the ice, skating with the, the guys, participating with them. In all aspects, we had two of the female players wearing half shields, which is not something that happens in women's hockey. They wear a bubble. They wear a cage. They were able to participate fully. And now we come to this and this happening. Like, representation matters. I saw little girls losing their mind because people who look like them were on the ice. I'm 35, and I was losing my mind (laughs) because these girls were living out my dream. And now we're here on the same week we celebrated Willie O'Ree, who was the first black hockey player. And his number was brought up into the rafters finally in Boston. And then days later, we have two incidents almost back to back. One, I mean, the AHL incident happened, I believe, last week or the week before. They took some time to investigate, so on and so forth, because he had already served three games of a suspension. But the day after that's announced, we have this happening. So, I mean, when it comes to, I mean, yeah, I'm a white lady. There are lots of white people in hockey, but 
there are not a lot of women in hockey. There are more now than there used to be. There are actually women in front offices now. There aren't many, but there are a few. And I mean, the PHF just existing, that gives me hope. Nothing like that existed when I was growing up. I wanted to be a pro hockey player as a kid. There was no avenue for me to do so. So just them existing and being inclusive and representing everyone and actually like practicing what they preach. I mean, they, they have entire bylaws written out for athletes who are trans, whether they come into the league as a trans athlete or they transition while they play for the, a team in the league. They have entire like protocols set in place. Harrison Brown, when when he transitioned, they announced the first goal that he scored with his proper pronouns. Harrison Brown scored his first goal in the in the NWHL. And that moment was otherworldly. That stuff matters. Acknowledging that matters. And that doesn't exist in the NHL. We have one openly gay hockey player in the NHL. And yes, he's being celebrated and they're rolling out the red carpet for him, but we all know there are more. Oh, you can't tell me in a league of hundreds of people, there is only one guy who is gay. Statistically, that is improbable. And it's, it's not a place where people feel comfortable expressing that. There was just a report released from a minor league hockey situation in Canada, how toxic the culture has become because they have allowed all of these things to happen. And it's just become a norm in, in hockey. It's they're They're saying the right things, but they're not doing the right things. And that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, would more women in the league make changes? I, I'm pretty sure absolutely would be the appropriate answer. Um, would new faces make changes? Absolutely. Because the old faces aren't doing it. They're not doing it. So something has to change. We can't expect to grow the game on any level if this is a conversation we're now having on a daily slash weekly basis. We can't grow the game. We can't do it that way. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And real quick, you talk about the representation thing. Like my, I told you my daughter played hockey for a little bit. She she tried for a couple of years and she just didn't like it. But she wanted to try hockey because I took her to Ohio State women's hockey games. And when you talk about representation, mm-hmm. they were playing hockey. She's like, she told me multiple times, I want to play hockey. I want to play hockey. Yeah. So having people in those roles, it's it's clear that <laughs> whenever people see it, they're like, no, I want to do that. And yeah. you give them that yeah. imagination that they can do it then. And then they mm-hmm. achieve it and they work towards it and they do it and it becomes, you know, fulfilled. Yeah. And, you know, right. I, think, I think it's, I think the most important thing, and I think all of you kind of hit the nail on the head, is, is that, and it's the same thing, you can talk about any other industry. You can talk about movies, TV, music. You want to watch or listen or see something that looks like you. You want something because it makes you feel like, okay, I can do that. It gives you something to aspire for that you may not otherwise would have wanted to aspire to be. And and I guess that's what did it with me with baseball. When, you know, seeing, you know, Jackie Robson, you know, as a kid, like I say, first sport I ever loved. I won't say the name of the team to to save Thomas. So no, you're fine. You're fine. It's 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 the team opposite of the White Sox. I think we can legally say that. Right. Thanks. <laughs> I also run the legal department. So So you're IT and legal? Hold up. Yeah, listen. And surprisingly, still one check. <laughs> I'm like that's that's not how it works. I took business law. That's not how it works. But but you know, to, to me, when I you know playing baseball, it it made me realize, and it made me think of how much I love the sport. Because I listen, I love the NBA, I love the WNBA, I love sports. But with, with baseball, and even especially younger, you didn't see a lot of people looking like me playing baseball because it wasn't introduced in communities, it wasn't in neighborhoods. So it was always hey football there's always basketball as a means to kind of get to where if you want to ever play sports and i felt there was more than that and i think and we fast forward now you're beginning to see a transition 
where, like I say, and I, and I keep going back to gravitating toward hockey because I was a hockey fan. And I won't say the name of the team again. We'll just say a team that plays down south. So, once again, you know, legal reason. So, there's two teams. Yeah, you'll, uh, she's, she knows what team it is. So, it, it's the opposite of Thunder. Yeah, we'll say that. Great. So, Storm, close. Now, uh, but but to me, I, I did enjoy hockey. And, and at some point, it just felt like, well, I just didn't see enough people looking like me to keep me interested. And, and I had nothing against hockey. But when I watched the NBA, when I watched the NFL, okay, I see players who look like me. There's always a problem. It's just like, well, the coaches don't look like me. How can you have a sport that has a percentage like this and have people working in the offices that look like that. And and that to me is still a continuous problem. And it's gonna forever be a continuous problem. And and I think, you know, I wanna go back to Penny. Penny made a great point. You know, I it's, I, had it, I had it filed away up here in the brain. You know, she talked about having coach, you know, coaches, diverse coaches. She talked about that. She talked about, you, you don't see it. Like in the you know the WNBA, you want to see more coaches, female coaches. It's not saying male coaches are terrible, but you want to see that representation. Just like you know, like to use an example, like no one, nobody said Bill Lambeer was terrible. Nobody said people like Van Chancellor's the coast the comments back in the day. Nobody's saying those people were terrible. <clears throat> but time progresses, you want to see more a women, but more importantly, qualified women get the chance to sit in the room and have an opportunity for the job. And that's the point that I will forever make is, is that you don't, you don't get a job because of your color or your gender. You get the job because you're the best candidate. But I made this point on Twitter is that how do we know we're hiring the best candidate when everybody is, when the pool feels limited. So I guess to kind of put a bow on that, it's just, it's so important for people to understand who's listening and watching to understand is that I don't think none of us are saying, hey, hire more women and hire more people. No, what we're saying is we want people who look like Beth, Penny, and Lamar to get a chance to sit in the room, to have a conversation, to get a chance to get a job. To and expand Beth, on that? Sure, go ahead. Quick. I don't want them to just sit in the room. I want the I want people who look like Penny, Lamar, Ladarius, myself, even some people in some sports like Thomas, I want them to be taken seriously in the room. Yeah. Don't just invite me to the room. Like, take me seriously. I'm here for a reason. Yeah. And I want you to treat me just like anybody else. Right. Like, take me seriously. Don't just invite me here so you can say, yeah, we interviewed a lady. We did. <laughs> she didn't get the job, even though, you know, she's got a, a, a master's degree in this and a, a doctorate in this and she's been doing x y and z her whole life we didn't give her the job but we brought her in and we and we let her talk yeah like take yeah. take women take people of color take everyone seriously bring them in and and treat them like everybody else and yeah. then you'll find those qualified candidates you're looking for yeah and and, and that's and that's spot on that's that's spot on, and that's the point I've always tried to make with people who try to push back on that. It's like you're. It's like oh no. It's like you don't have to play the sport to understand the sport. Like I, I, I it's like look, like when you look at like Bill Belichick, you know he coached the sport. Well, he necessarily played the sport, but he has six Super Bowls. So, you know, so obviously, you know, I tell people this. And then I'm going to go around to kind of wrap it up. Is that to Bev's point, get them in the room and you'll see that, okay, I actually want to hire them. Now, it wouldn't have been possible if if you limit yourself and like to to the point. You want people who look like you to feel comfortable. And 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 yeah, I, I semi get that. But the part that you have to understand is that sometimes you have to step out of yourself. And it like, okay, you can hire the same type of people, but you're going to get the same type of results. 
and that's the situation we're going to ever forever be in. Some teams and some leagues are going to forever be in that position in that regard. So, so I know I'm taking up a lot of everybody's time, but <laughs> so, so what I'll do is that I'm going to go around, start with Lamar, kind of do the the wheel, and just anything that you want to talk about that's pressing on the heart, the mind. And and for Thomas's purposes, I won't mention that team in Chicago or that I won't mention it. You know, we won the game, but you know, we're not going to do that because we're we're not going to do that game seven. So we're we're not going to do those things because we're better than that, David Ross. So we're we're not going to do those things. So who won again? Yeah, we did. Oh, okay. So so now we're going to go around. And like I say, so we'll start with Lamar. Anything that you want to talk about, anything that we talked about on the episode, anything that you feel that you, you want to get up your mind and your heart that you want to put out there. Oh, yeah. One thing about the winning rule, though, was when the the Steelers interviewed Mike Tomlin, they just brought him in for a regular interview, but they, like, he blew their mind and actually hired him. But that's probably the only inst- instinct that I heard actually worked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it it, it 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 it's amazing to me. I, I did a whole episode on that. On talked about the Rooney Rule, and talked about it's amazing. Like Mike Tomlin, like if there's one team in the league who, like who, who the only team who has the black coach, the team whose owner instituted the rule, yeah. and that says a lot. Like like Mike Tomlin knows, and there's and there's plenty of Mike Tomlins out there, but we'll we'll never know. Yeah, we'll never know. But yeah, that's so, all I got. And Penny? Yeah, um, I would like to see more women coaching or women uh, general managers, just because the, the league is based on women. Women understand women. So that would be that'll be awesome to see the league full of women coaches, GM, assistants, trainers, uh, what else? Anything. Anything women will be great for the sport. Absolutely. And Beth? Um, I'm just going to start from the very, very basic fundamentals. Raise your children well. Like, raise them to love everyone. Raise them to to participate. Raise them to try new things, to say yes to things that they're scared of. Like, raise your kids to stand up for those that can't stand up for themselves. Just raise your kids well. Because if we all raise the next generation of kids well and teach them that these things are not okay, we won't be having these conversations in 10, 20 years. Mm -hmm. We won't have to because they will have become unnecessary. Yeah. So just raise your kids. Well, that's all I got. But it's a very valid point. It's so fundamental, but yet uh, it still has to be said. It's it's so basic, but we still have to say it. Just raise your babies to love everybody. (laughs) I mean, that's really it. Just raise your babies to love everybody, and then we won't have this conversation in 10 years. Absolutely. I think, yeah, once again, so simple, so profound. And and since I ragged on his teams, I guess for, for the sake of no, – you can, you can rag away. Um, no, I'm just uh, – everyone else has already said it better than I could so far. Going last, it's great because then all of you can just <laughs> – I don't say anything new or better. Um NWSL, they're going through a rebrand this year. It sounds like uh, they're going to probably go the way of the PHF, where and uh, you know NWHL removed the W, and we're Premier Hockey Federation. I think the NWSL is going to move to the same because, like you're talking about Beth with transgender athletes and everything, there are players in the NWSL who've transitioned uh, in the league, and I think you're going to see them go the same way, and that kind of representation will turn into hopefully more coaching, more um, leadership roles, general manager roles, presidents of teams. You already have a lot of money coming into the league from women too. Michelle Kang in Washington, she looks like she might become the owner of the team after she's had a heavy battle against a lot of folks, again, looking like me. And they've hired folks who last year, NWSO was really tough. If they have another year like that, I don't know how the league can survive. So the way that they're moving in a more diverse direction is going to I think going to be huge for the sport in the country. Yeah, uh, well said by by everyone there. And I guess I'll say this before we 
before we head out and get the, the socials and whatnot, I, the only thing that I, I'll say to kind of button it up is this. When people understand how other people feel, I think we can get a lot further. Because I think what happens is, is that we talk, and, and it's, once again, just like Beth, it, it sounds so simple, but it has to be said. It's that sometimes I feel that we talk at each other and not with each other. Because what happens is, is that we're trying to get a, maybe across the same point, but we're talking at each other. Nobody is saying one race is better than the other, one gender is better than one another. All we ask for is to be to have inclusiveness. Because at a certain point in time, as the world is going to continually change, we have to change with the world or it's going to leave you behind. And unfortunately, some people, maybe the world has left them behind and they wanted to be what the world was back, you know, back in the 1960s, heck, probably the 1860s. They wanted maybe they wanted you still have people in the mindset there. But to me, the overriding theme is and it ties back into sports is that all people want, and we can sit there and say, well, we don't want politics, we want that, no. But what we all should want is people who all look like one another to be able to play on the same ring, to play on the same field, to play on the same court, and not have to fear, and not have to worry about incidents of, of a racial tone, a misogynistic tone, of a vitriolic tone that's an ideal world not just for the world for sports the world and everything else and and i think all we could ask for is that hey if we can do that i think we could progress a lot further in that regard so and and to your point i i see the message from beth and i'm going to read it because i'm gonna give her the credit because i don't want to i don't <laughs> I don't want to be like how Vanilla Ice tried to pull that bing, ding, ding, did a ding, 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 like, like, like a beat that he clearly stole. It's like, oh no, mine goes bing. No, no, he stole Rob. that from Freddie Mercury. Let's yeah. be honest. We hey, all hey know. Rob, we Rob, all you know. stole it, pal. You stole it. You interview, you bing, ding. That's when you lost the argument with me. When you start doing the noise of the beat that you stole, that's how I know you lost the argument. Your Honor, my song goes bing, ding, ding, did a ding, ding. No, 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 stop. Are you his lawyer? Yeah, I'm walking out of here. I quit. <laughs> I'm getting donuts. I'm out of here. They closed an hour ago. They opened up for me. So, but like to, to Beth's point, Beth talked about something, and I'll is that we need to show empathy more and sympathy less. So, and that's true. Like I said, I'm not gonna take credit for it. So like I said, I don't I don't want Beth's lawyers coming after me. Getting a, getting a you, you are my lawyer, so are you gonna come after yourself? I mean, it is, you're, it's you're legal, before, so it, it's happened once before, and it got really messy. <laughs> oh, I'm coming after you! What is he doing? He's suing himself. <laughs> Who won? I mean, he did. Wait, why does my account look empty and, and full at the same time? Wait, we digress. We digress. <laughs> I sued myself and got the money. All right, I showed him. I showed him. The other guy must be upset. But, but before we go, let's go. Around. Go around, get the socials, get the any, your stuff, you know, what you all do, and we'll call it episode. We'll start with Lamar. Uh, right for Beyond Women's Sports, and my Twitter is at RaiderWay83. Penny? I write, edit, lead of Beyond Women's Sports, and my Twitter is Coach Guevara205. Thomas? Hey, I write, um, edit, IT for Beyond Women's Sports. Uh, at one, number one, Thomas Costello. And I also write for a site called Massive Report, if you like Major League Soccer in the Columbus Group. Very specific market, but yeah. Specific, yep. Don't mind me just writing stuff down. And last <laughs> but not least, Beth. Uh, my name is Beth. You can follow me on Twitter at WonderBeffers. And I write for Beyond Women's Sports. And I also edit for Belly Up Sports. All right. And I do nothing. So we're just calling that. <laughs> no. I just showed up an hour ago and did this. No. Uh, <laughs> and you can find me on social, as you can see on there. It's at Ladares underscore Brown on Twitter. And also the same thing on TikTok. And on Instagram, it's at Ladares double underscore Brown. Still a still a battle there, yeah. 
there's another yeah it's a whole that's a whole episode of itself. you need thomas he's an it person yeah we'll, we'll get I, I don't know I'm not yeah, a hacker i can hack i'll try to find that i can hack it for you <laughs> yeah. i mean i would i wouldn't say that out loud but you I know mean, <laughs> a legal point. hackers a hack isn't a bad thing it's, it's not well, it's you know, not. depends do you wear a white hat or a black hat you know <laughs> Or you know, Robin Hood was kind of a hacker. He stole money, but he just did it the old-fashioned way. He he hacked in a way, you know, he hacked in the ye old-fashioned way, just stole from the rich and gave to the poor, and nobody that would gave be him a white hat. Right? Yeah, and nobody gave him black. But ironically, he wore a green hat, though. That's that's the tricky part, though. So did that represent? He went full Robin Hood. I see. Yeah, Robin, what kind of hat is that? It's a white hat. Wait, where's your green hat? Stop asking questions. <laughs> Don't ask questions. Just go with it. It's fine. Just go with it. But your hat. I'm known not for my hat. You do realize that. But it's, it's, still, it's the color scheme. You know what? Fine. I know you're going to say it. So there. But so once again, you can find me on there and find me on the podcast. You listen to this episode, every episode of the Sports in the World podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcast. And you can also see this on the revamping uh, podcast page, the Sports in the World podcast page as well. So getting that back up and going and putting video episodes like this out. So you just won't just see me talking. You get to see all these other amazing people there as well. So folks, until you see and hear me again next time, hopefully maybe some of them next time. Who knows? Be real, be you, be blessed, and be safe from all of us here from the Sports and the World podcast. The Sports and the World Podcast is brought to you by Exogun. Ever do a workout and feel like you need a massage after? Well, get your massage without leaving the house. Don't let pain and soreness slow you down. Exogun revives muscle, boosts circulation, and releases energy so you can recover faster and live better. Take it wherever you need it. Work, the gym, the trail, and put the power of percussion massage treatment in your hands. It's portable, adjustable, and powerful. Exogun is trusted by the pros to deliver the ultimate in recovery. Like we said before, you can even use it for percussion therapy. What is percussion therapy? Percussion therapy boosts muscle function and recovery by penetrating deep into the muscle tissue with a series of rapid, concentrated, pulsating strokes. Gain back control of your body and achieve long-term pain relief with Exogun. Get 10% off with code CGS10 at checkout. Comes with a charger and carrying case. Go get your Exogun today and treat yourself to a massage at a moment's notice.